taboo romance? Overture by Sky Warren is a modern-day Guardian Ward age gap romance and it's free for a very limited time. Liam North got custody of the violin prodigy six years ago. She's all grown up now, but he still treats her like a child, no matter how much he wants her, no matter how bad he aches for one taste. Download Overture by Sky Warren from Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble Nook, or Kobo today. Or listen to the audiobook with narrators Teddy Hamilton and Grace Grant. Overture is out now and free. Go get it, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Hey. What's up, lady? What's up, lady DJs? Oh, wait, this is the first episode after we had the pictures up. The lady DJs made me think of the cartoons. They're really cute. Are you just saying that, Tessa? Are you a little salty? I'm a little salty, (laughs) but like it's because it's only because it's so much better than the ones I. They were really cute. Like we're shapely. We have good teeth. Like I'm in Mm -hmm. the middle. Which is clearly the most important part. <laughs> so if, if you've been listening for a while, you know what we're talking about. If you're just here this week for... A.L. Jackson. Yeah. Did you want to... I just realized I'm, I skipped over all your intro stuff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do sorry. things. Yes, we're here for Something About a Hot Guy by A.L. Jackson. We're really excited. I read this book. It was... It's best friends. It's sister's best friend, which you can never go wrong with. And she writes... Like, really beautiful, kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, kind of like how she looks on Instagram. <laughs> just like, whimsical, just like, cute. And like just, a very sweet. Just like chic yeah. and fl- has uh-huh. flair and it's comfort- comfortable and like, you know, like always has a cashmere sweater and a glass of yeah. wine. <laughs> like, that's how this book felt. Very sophisticated. You feel like very sophisticated. Sophisticated, yeah. It, yeah. And it was like, it was just really sweet. Like, the heroine was. Like a high, it's a high, high. romance. Yeah. I like that. She's our she's our luxury item this week. <laughs> luxury Ale romance, Jackson. yeah. Welcome our luxury item, Ale Jackson. And I, I could see it. the hero, like I could see what he looked like. He was just so, um, just the way he was like leaning on the door jam with his dimple in his cheek and. God, I love a fucking dimple. Smirking and cocky. I don't know what it is about a dimple. <laughs> a dimple. My husband, <laughs> my son looks just like me, but he got my husband's dimples. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. He does have really adorable dimples, too. Like, it's those big chubby cheeks that just make it, like, so endearing. I love it. I have a dimple, but only if I, like, smash my face together and, like, like, it'll appear, like, way up here. Did anybody do that? You're like, if I, like, morph my face. That's called acne. (laughs) That's called called an acne scar. So yes, I'm going back to the cartoon. Talk about I'm it. Not, I'm not. I'm not giving this up. So if you've been listening from the beginning, um, Tessa had this uh, picture made of us, and it turned out pretty terrible. And we posted that in our headquarters Facebook group. Um, so I took it upon myself. I was like, you know, it was a great idea. 
but the execution just needed a little tweaking. <laughs> yeah, you said so, it that nicely. <laughs> yeah, I, I did when I saw it, and I said, fuck you, no. <laughs> this is horrific. Oh, my God. You think I would have said them a like, shit on a plate or something? <laughs> I know, right? Well, I will say, though, that picture, I felt like it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Whether it wanted to be a picture or it wanted to be a cartoon. It was like, it just didn't decide. So I looked on Etsy for somebody who did caricatures. Because I was like, you know what, let's just go full cartoon here. And so I looked up one and I I found this person that did it. And I wish I could remember the Etsy right now. I think I credited them at some point. Can I tell you the problem with me is that I don't search past the first page of an Etsy search. Like... (laughs) And, like, if it doesn't show up on this the first page, like, names. I'm not getting it. Like, I know. Uh, every character Melissa names has an A in it because she won't go past the first page. <laughs> A lot of and Adams. I'm just saying. I feel you on this, Tessa. But, no, I actually went and did, like, some searching, and I actually found a person. I found her Etsy page. It's coming up. I found a person that one of the people they had that you could purchase a caricature of, they had on headphones. And I was like, that's what I'm after. That right there is what I'm after. And so it was, like, specifically for a podcast. And it's called Gerdo Shop, G-E-R-D-O-O. Her name's Nancy. That's who helped me out. So, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, go on our, our Facebook group, Read Me Romance Headquarters, and you can check it out. It's, it is really cute. I've got combat boots on. You guys yeah. have little flats on either side of me, and I've got the combat boots. <laughs> I had to ask for a couple of edits the first time it came back because you had, like, really dark brown hair, and I asked for red hair. And I was like, Mel's perfect. Exactly <laughs> it does look a lot like Mel. I, exactly I did not like make Mel. I did not make one edit to Melissa. Me, I was like, I need bigger boobs. <laughs> like they, I need much, much bigger boobs. And I was like, and I need glasses because for some reason they weren't on. So I was like, yeah, we're gonna need to fix that. It's really, it's adorable, well. and yeah, like I have the perfect like kind of a ombre hairstyle. It's mm-hmm. adorable. It's, it's a, a better version of me. <laughs> yeah, it's sassy. Um, okay, so I need to talk to you guys about, um, a movie called Adore. Has anybody, do you, have you heard of this movie? I don't know. Tell me about it. Okay, so I was, I just happened to, to Robin Wright Penn came, Robin Wright actually now, she came across, I came across her on the internet last night and I remembered this movie that I watched, um, a couple of months back that I can't believe we didn't talk about. So it's called Adore, A-D-O-R-E, and it's her and Naomi Watts and they're like, just these two kind of like upper class ladies that live in Australia and they have sons the same age and they know them from like childhood. They, they grow up together, these boys. And somewhere along the line, when these boys turn like 18, they start sleeping with each other's moms. What? What? Oh, I need to see this. Okay. So yeah, like Naomi Watts, son's sleeping with, Robin Wright and Robin Wright's son sleeping with Naomi Watts. And they're like obsessed with these, with the women. Like they're obsessed with them. Holy shit. So like, oh, I need all, I have all these questions. I just looked up the pictures to see who the guys are. Basically. One of the guys is, um, he was in Twilight. One of the guys was, he played like, oh, his name's Xavier or something. But he played, yeah, go ahead. Like one of the vampires that shows up for the battle. Yes, he played Riley in the Eclipse movie. Oh, okay. So um, I found out about this movie because I listened to a podcast called How Did This Get Made? Which is basically, um, it's three comedians. It's June, Diane Raphael, 
um, Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis, and they just basically pick a bad movie and just rip it apart for an hour, which is, it's really entertaining and you guys should go listen to it. But they picked this movie one week and I was like, sorry guys, I'm not on board with, <laughs> I'm not on board, I'm going to watch the movie. I just yeah, like no pause, shit. but it's very sexy. I don't want to tell you anything about it because there's some t- like twists and you don't know how it's going to end. Ooh, okay, I'm going to have to check this out now. That sounds awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. It's hard to think of me dating some my like someone's my son's age. Like that just seems really I'm like, well maybe, no. Yeah, I don't know. I can imagine it. <laughs> I will be. I know it's very taboo because like they've known these kids since they they've known them since they were children. Like and then they grow up and just these things like one thing leads to another, like and and I think, you know, a lot of it is like being attracted to like a maternal figure and like that Freudian kind of thing. So it's very taboo, but like I watched it, I swear to God, I didn't breathe the whole time. <laughs> I was like, what's gonna happen? And I've spent this whole week sitting in the hallway of a gymnasium while my daughter does basketball <laughs> camp. <laughs> I was sitting Are on the floor. From there from this position too. I'm revi I'm editing a book. Oh. So I was sitting on the floor today. I had my paper spread out all around me and my computer on my lap. And then a roach uh, scuttles in (gasps) to the hallway. So I jump up. I like throw my laptop. Oh, God. Kick a Gatorade bottle at it. And then, so then I'm like editing standing up and another one comes in. I'm just like in hell, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh, that sounds awful. Oh. I don't okay. like that at all. Well, so I talked about last week my daughter's anxiety about going away to sleepaway camp for seven days with her hair and all this whole this whole process. So they called me on Friday of last week and said that something happened and they didn't have enough girls to sign up for this program, so they were canceling it. And so, oh, no. like, well, they offered to um, move her to a different program that week. They had a couple different ones that were full. But they said they would make room for her if she wanted to go. And the second I told her that she could go, she was like, she was like, I'm out. Like, the second I told her she she had a way out the door, she was like, we're gone. No problem. Like, and it was crazy because I was, I felt like she had a lot of anxiety about it beforehand. And she was really worried. And it was just like, I felt like this was a big weight off her shoulder to not have to think about it anymore. So that was kind of cool. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I know. Like, I hate it got canceled, but at the same time, I'm glad she didn't have to worry any more than necessary. It's so funny because we've been talking on this, like, we've been talking a lot about our kids asking questions about their body, and then it came up, like, a, like a, couple, a couple of the moms, like, had a few drinks at the party, the birthday party yeah, afterwards, yeah. Uh-huh. and we're like, does your kid wear deodorant? Does your kid, like, yeah. we're just, like, talking about our kids, like, is she asking about her vagina yet? Like, what's going on? But it was nice because we, like, had a little powwow and we just, like, felt better afterwards that, like, our kids are basically doing the same things, just a different, in different ways. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, like, I I was able to find out that two of Mackenzie's friends wear deodorant and she's been, like, really self-conscious about wearing it. So, like, I was able to tell her, I was like, so, uh, little Bernie, (laughs) little Bernie told me (laughs) Alexis also wears deodorant, so you're not the only one. (laughs) Shoot. Yeah. I had the opposite so problem. Maya's like, I need a bra. I need deodorant. I'm like, no, you don't. She's like, I need to shave my legs. I'm like, no, you don't. 
<laughs> you're just telling her no or you really don't think she does. I don't think she does. And then I'll get her these things and she never does them or uses them. I'm like, fine, here's your stupid deodorant. Here's your bra. Here's your whatever. <laughs> and then she's like, I hate this. I, I was like, I told you. I'm like, <laughs> you didn't listen. I tried to warn you. Um, so... I have been reading The Hunter by Kerrigan Byrne. I was, I actually, I've been I, I waiting to get on this it. subject. I've been waiting to get on it. Like, let's uh, just, like, I'm in so deep. We've talked about this for like a, like three or four weeks straight now on this podcast. We keep coming <laughs> back to the subject of Kerrigan Byrne. But I just want to say I am, I'm just elbow deep in her right now. And I don't want to quit. <laughs> I like... Honestly, I'm almost jealous of her writing. Like the way she gets into their psyche, like Jesus just digs her Christ. nails in. Yes. And it just like I feel like I can't read anything else. Like I'm not satisfied with I anything know. else. It's just, just it's killing me because I'm like it I just never thought I would like this kind of story. And it, they're longer books and so there's just a there's a such a good story development in them as well. But the the guys are just so just yearning and just aching for the women. And it's just, so I skipped the second book because I read The Highwayman and it was incredible. I'm and, on that one next. I'm going to read it on vacation actually next well, week. Well, no, I read the first one, The Highwayman. I read that one. That one was You so read The good. Highwayman, but then you said you read The Highlander. I just finished The Highlander. Yeah. So I skipped the second book and went straight to the third because everybody talks. I'm telling you. What's the plot? Like, I What's swear plot? to fucking God, I thought I was going to lose my shit at one point he says something to her and i don't want to say it but because it's so good when you hear it but i was listening to it and i was doing something on my computer and i just had to stop what i was doing (laughs) and i stopped my phone and i just like put my head down for a minute and i was like i i can't know that that happens like that this exists in the world that someone wrote this and it wasn't me because it's so goddamn good. And okay, I was just but like, so his oh. character is Mina, right? His is his, his yeah, heroine yeah, Mina because yes. you meet her in the Hunter. Yeah, and it's she's really sad. like, there's a whole thing going on with her, uh-huh. and I was like, I can't believe she's going to be the heroine. That is going to be amazing. Like, yes. I can't wait. I know it's so fucking good. So okay, like, so it starts out. She's in a chapter one. She's in a mental institution. Her husband has put her there basically because she had a ton of money and her husband and his mother spent all the money. So she was useless to them anymore. So he said she was crazy and then put her in a mental institution and they just like abuse her there. And she is about to be raped when the doors like burst open and there's um so this is about the Highlander, the the third book. The, the Highl- Demon Highlander, right? The Demon Highlander. He's like this awful, like terrible character that everybody's afraid of and stuff. And he's like known to like have killed all these people. And anyway, so but his brother comes in and like raids this place and saves her and then sends her to the Highlander's property for safekeeping, basically to hide her from her husband. So she goes there to be the governess. The Highlander was married like 10 years before and his wife, she killed herself cause she was like crazy. They said that she was like, um, like, I don't know. Like they call they say like a couple of different reasons about why. Oh my God. So does he not want to be with this one? Cause she was in the mental institution now. So he doesn't know any of that. So when he comes, when she comes to him, he thinks that she's just this lowly governess when really she's like high born lady. 
and so that's really refined. And so she, he just thinks she's there to like take care of his kids. And so, and his kids are older, they're like 13 and 15 or something. And so she's trying to teach them like how to basically have manners and stuff and give them an education and everything. And so she's there doing that. And he's just like, he runs like this whiskey distillery or something. I don't know. Like they make barrels of whiskey. I swear to God, he is just muscly and hairy and dirty (laughs) and like, like covered in ash and his hands are rough from like all the barrels and stuff. And like, he's got a long hair and long beard and he's just like, he's just fucking mad and stomps around everywhere. And he's like this like ruddy thighs and like, I just can't like, I picture, like you were saying with L Jackson, like you just pictured this heroine, like everything about this. I'm like, I can picture everything and how like he just yanks his kilt aside and like, you know, like does all this. And it's just like, Oh, so good. I can't, I'm telling you, like, I want to go back and listen to it again. It was the one of the best books I've ever listened to. And the person that does the audio, he's incredible. Like, it's good. Oh my God. I, I'm going to read it on vacation just because I want to be completely relaxed and able to focus on yes. it and not stop. Uh-huh. But I read The Hunter, which comes before in the series. Yes, it book two. It's the middle And the I'm curious book. about this because they're in the third book. So I'm curious about uh, it. With well, the there's actors. so much with the first characters in the second, yeah. like, Farah and oh um, yeah, yeah they're in the second yeah uh, Dorian like they're yeah. they're in the second book a bunch and he's like still completely like there was even one chapter from Dorian's point of view like where he's Shit. just obsessing over his wife it's like oh, why does she just what is this embarrassment of riches <laughs> she's giving us this embarrassment of riches <laughs> but like. <laughs> Like, I want to meet Kerrigan Byrne and slap her in the mouth. <laughs> like, that's, like, she's that fucking good. She's so and good. Karen, um, but the second book is, like, I told you, it's, you. it's about an assassin. And he doesn't feel anything. He had this, like, awful, like, this, he, he was born in prison, in Newgate Prison, to a, his mother, who was a sex worker. And he sees this awful thing happen, and he's just, like, his emotions have been shut down. So he grows up, he's an assassin, but now he's, like, 33, 34, and he's been sent to kill this woman, and he can't kill her. And he tries, he attempts to kill her three times, and can't do it. Which it's, like, every time you're just, like, (gasps) you know? (laughs) Oh, my God! Um, She has a son, and, like, he, like, he is just this kind of person who, he doesn't know how to lie, so everything that out of his mouth is completely honest, and the way he interacts with the son, oh my god, like, my heart was just bleeding all over the place. I love that! You got, yeah, you definitely have to read, go back back and read The Hunter, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'm just, I'm so deep in this series right now, I just, I can't, I can't quit it. And also, like, and it's funny, too, because as soon as I finished it, I started listening to the new one, my Angela Marsons book, and that one's just, like, it's just horrible. Like, in the beginning, it's like this woman's being slaughtered, like, two pages in, and I'm like, wow, this is a big change from what I just left. Like, I was in the highlands, like, in love with stars in my eyes, and I'm running through the meadows, and all of a sudden, this woman's face is getting ripped off and i'm like wow that was a it was a giant leap there leah <laughs> that escalated quickly yeah exactly so uh so the heroine in al jackson's book that we're going to listen to did we mention this is the read me romance podcast i, I don't even know if we even said that at any know. point but <laughs> basically what we're going to do if you're just joining us is we're going to break this book something about a hot guy into two parts we're going to play half of it today and half of it on friday yeah in just a little while we're going to play the first half but 
I, what I wanted to talk about was the heroine in this book has an anxiety issue. And so I wondered if you guys had read any books where uh, either of the characters has like either an anxiety disorder or depression or anything like that. Um, Can you think of any? One of my favorites is Revealed to Him by Jen Frederick, which is actually an audio and in Kindle Unlimited if you want to grab that. But she doesn't like to leave her house because she was attacked. Not like attacked, like rapey attacked. Attacked like, um, God, it reminds me, what was that when she, somebody found out that she created a game? And that she was a girl. She was a gamer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like online bullying kind of thing where like people just like threatened her and a they, lot. And they didn't know it was a girl. And when they found out she yeah. was a girl is when she got this backlash. Oh, is that a Megan Erickson book? No, it's, it's Jim Frederick. Frederick book. Oh, oh, I yeah, thought you were talking. I thought you were asking about no. a different book. Oh, no. So oh, okay. she got attacked, I think down on the subway or something like that. So she doesn't like to leave her apartment anymore. And he comes over. He's like the security guy to make sure her place is secure because she's getting letters again. And they slowly, well, he falls for her pretty quickly. And he's like, okay, how do I get this girl to be comfortable? And that's what he does all of the book. Oh, and he also has, he's like a Marine vet. Isn't he? Yeah, he's an amputee. Yeah, yeah, he has one, like, yeah. That's really sweet. That's a good one. She has, like, the agoraphobic, te- agoraphobic tendencies. And when I mentioned, we were talking about this before, and then that's when Tess said, so she was like, oh, Alessandra Torre has a book like that. And I know we've talked about it before, but it's been a while, but it was The Girl in 6E. She's agoraphobic. And originally, when it was written, there wasn't um, a ton of, like, after the book, there wasn't, like, you didn't get, anyway, she, Alessandra Torre went back and rewrote it and added a bunch of stuff to it and so like there is definitely more of like a romantic element to it and she ended up extending the series and she's written two more in that so it's a trilogy now so if you're into like romantic thriller type stories like that one is really good like it's a fun I don't think you said the name the girl in 6e it's like the number six, the letter E, like an apartment. So, and I think there's Do Not Disturb and I can't remember what the other one's called, but they all have like kind of the same covers. But yeah, if you find that first one, you'll see it. And it's like one of my all-time favorite books. It is so fucking good. It's so different. And the first time I read it, I was like, it just blew me away. I'd never read anything like that before. So I loved it. Okay. So there's a book I've been thinking. I think about this book all the time. I read it. I read it like so long ago. It's probably been like eight or seven or eight years since I read this book. But I think about it constantly. And when I was think, trying to think of books that had that had a character with anxiety, this I was like, finally, I have a chance to like recommend this book on the podcast. So it's called Strangers by Barbara Ellsborg. Have you guys ever heard of it? No. I think she mostly writes male-male, if I'm not mistaken. But this book is male-female. And it starts off the very first scene. This woman has gone out into the middle of the ocean to kill herself. Oh, shit. It's a romance. (laughs) (laughs) And she she is about to do it, and she realizes there's a guy out in the middle of the ocean right next to her as well. Like, they've both gone out to the same spot in the middle of the ocean at the same exact time. What? Yeah. And (laughs) I know, it's crazy. And actually, it's not the first scene. It's maybe the third or fourth scene. So they go home together. Like, he convinces her to get out of the ocean. They go home together, and they form this relationship. And he's, I think he's, like, a famous actor- He's definitely a famous heartthrob and she's kind of like this introverted person and she's obviously depressed because of something else that happens earlier. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. Like it really was heart wrenching and wonderful. And it's one of the sexiest books 
Oh, wow. Honestly. That's um, hard to pull off, like, to I'm get looking all of at, it. Yeah, it's so much emotion packed into this one book, and it's so skillfully written. And I, I like, I have to go back and read it again. But it's a deep pull. It's only, it's got, it doesn't have that many reviews on Amazon, so I don't feel like a, a lot of people have read it. But it's so good. So, um, you know, check we, that out. I, we had talked about this, like, recently, too. But this man by um, Jody Ellen Mopples, I feel like he definitely had some, like, like some depression and stuff that was in that you know that was like a lot of his thing I guess it you know reading back on it I think you know he was an alcoholic and I think a lot of that was due to like his depression about you know his past and that sort of thing and that was something that they struggled with in the books and I always felt like that was that was you know part of what I loved about it too because it felt like that was so real like you know the things that happened to him and the way he dealt with things and stuff I don't know that I, it, I thought about that one too when we were talking about you know books that you know had people that dealt with issues and that sort of thing with past and stuff that was kind of like do you that remember this book called um oh shoot it's right here it's a laura k book it's about the two people trapped in an elevator what's it laura, called i know what it's called um it's called oh my god <laughs> leah back from the bell back from the dead I know, right? <laughs> oh my god uh hearts yes. and darkness Okay. What's it about? You read it. Hearts and Darkness by by Laura Kay, K-A-Y-E. She's a really fantastic writer. Um, it's about two people that get trapped in an elevator together, and they can't see each other. It's pitch black. So, like, it's pitch black. And so the first, a- like, couple hours of their acquaintance, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't know what each other looks like. So she's, like, kind of a cute redhead, like, you know, and he's just, like, piercings and tattoos and just kind of, like, what, you know, some people might call, like, I don't know. Just maybe wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, pleased by his appearance. We'll oh, okay. say you know, yeah, yeah. Like your mom would give the side eye if you brought him home. Uh, so what it's happens? A, I don't know it's this. a novella. Well, I can't tell you what happens. It's, it's a novella, really so it's short. But it's their entire hot. like most of their acquaintance, they're stuck in. It's really oh, hot. God. Yeah, they're stuck in an elevator together. And um, there's actually a sequel called Love in the Light. But I would just definitely check out. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, it's you knew. But uh, Hearts and Darkness by Laura Kay, I definitely recommend that one. It's a good, it's a good one. And he has uh, the reason I brought it up is because I think he has definitely some yeah. Um, depression. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Cool. I think he's a fireman. He is, is he? Uh, a paramedic. paramedic. Oh. Yeah. oh, I'd like that. Awesome. I like it. Okay, so I guess. So I asked uh, some listeners to send in emails about book signings that they've gone to because I think like one of our missions on this podcast is to to like get people to go outside their comfort zone and go to a romance signing. Absolutely. You know? So I have a few here. I'll read one today and then we'll do the rest on Friday. Oh, Does that sound way, good? I found out like the day before that there was a romance signing in Charlotte like an hour from me and I found out about it. And I just want to say whoever put that on, that shame on you for not reaching <laughs> out to me and telling me this. Also, Claire Contreras is in Charlotte and so is Kennedy Run. Like the three of us are here in Charlotte within like an hour distance and none like we didn't know about it. So it's just like that needs to change. So if anybody's putting on a book signing in the state of North Carolina, let me know, okay? Well, there's book signings in New York all the time that I'm like, really? Like, Romance Under the Bridge? I'm like, like, I'm here. I just don't like you guys. And shut up, Melissa. Maybe they're like, that that could be a possibility. That could be. But you know what? Everybody loves Kennedy Ryan, so I don't want to hear it. (laughs) She's lovely, and she gives the best hugs, so. That's true. 
Okay, I'm gonna read a book a book signing story. Okay. Hi ladies, it's Caro here, Tessa's audio audiobook conscience from the future trademark. <laughs> That's what I call this reader because she's she's like one of the admins over at Oral Fixation. Oh, okay, yeah. And so she's always like every time I post about a new release, she's like, When is this gonna be an audio? Like she's the first one to comment. <laughs> and I'm like, let me just get on that. <laughs> Uh, I'm writing to tell you all about the bestest time I had at the Renaissance Authors event in Providence, Rhode Island last year. The future is bloody awesome. Universal healthcare for all and hot rugby players as far as the eye can see. But we get bugger all author signings. She's 14 hours ahead because she's in Australia. That's what she means by the... Okay. I usually have to go across the ditch to Australia. Oh, never mind. She must be in New Zealand. (laughs) To To Australia for them. My kryptonite catnip is the writings of Kate Canterbury, a.k.a. the lady writer, and what really, really floats my boat are Kate's audiobooks, so I decided that I literally had to travel halfway across the world to meet her at the event and tell her that her books are my jam. It was also a good excuse to meet up with my admin buddies from the Facebook audiobook group, Oral Fixation, who I hadn't met in person. It was such a great event. Everyone was so lovely and friendly. Our Oral Fixation... T-shirts were great, conversation starters, and I also met lots of Kate's fans who invited me out to dinner when we headed back to Boston. Someone had even created a map of Walsh series-related sites around Boston, and I visited them all. I always say to people on Facebook, if they are reluctant to go to a signing by themselves, not to worry. They are the most friendly and welcoming events, and you are guaranteed to make tons of new friends while you're there. Plus, you get to unleash your inner fangirl, and no one cares. Hashtag winning. Keep up the awesome work of converting people to the joy of audiobooks. Slater's Caro from New Zealand. Oh, that's so nice. But God, that's so true, though. Like, it's such a awesome place to be at when you're at a book signing because it's like you're you're with your people. It's really you know yeah. you're with you are, us. It's an energy you feed off of it, even when you're an introvert like myself. There's just an energy in the room that lets you just be open and start talking with everybody. You can't help yourself because. Mm-hmm. Half the people are that way too, but there's just a buzz in the room. It's almost like a football game, you know, when you get like pumped up. It, yeah, and like your teammate, you like, like your friends and fans are. You're all, all there you don't know each other, but you're all on a team. It feels like when you're in the room, we're all here for the same reason. We're all excited for the same reason. It's just like that. It's a that same feel in the room. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And it's like, I know people say that when they listen to us talk, they're like, oh, I feel like I'm listening to my friends and I answer back in the car and stuff. I'm like, that's how it is at a romance book signing. Only we're there and we answer you. (laughs) So like, it feels fun, you know, like to be able to have those moments with readers and to chat. And for us, like the first thing I do when we go to a book signing, I get the map and I see which authors I'm going to go visit. And I do that before we sit down at our table. Like we do the fangirl thing too. Like we're like, oh shit, such and such is here. Let's go. Like, let's get them before they're sold out, you know? And we'll like run around the room to see all the people we want to see. Because you yeah. know, we have authors like Kerrigan Byrne right now that we just are dying to like choke, you know? Like, how could you she's do gonna, this to me? She's going to be in Edinburgh. So that's oh, when I'm going to meet her. Oh my um, God. I bet, like, the first time I met Mariana, uh, Mariana Zapata, like, yeah. I was like, do you uh, have any extra copies of Culty laying around and, that I can buy? And she's like, oh, I just brought the pre-order ones, you know? She's like, you know, it didn't really... She's like, I brought a couple extras, but nothing really. And I was like, well, I was going to buy, like, four copies. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> one for um, Eagle, one for me. You know, like, I was really... Yeah, and uh, it was like so, that. like, I was just like, oh, I'm not going to take, like, a reader's book. Like, just... I'll get it from you next time or whatever. I'll pre-order. But inside, you're dying, right? (laughs) Inside, I was dying. But then at the very end of the day, somebody runs over with a copy uh, of of Culty signed by Mariana. And it's like, (laughs) let me see. It's right here. 
Oh God, she's gonna she's getting up to pull it up. She's going to the bookshelf. She's got she it. She said to Tessa, "You asked seventeen times for this for this book, so here you go. <laughs> Hope you enjoy." <laughs> Mariana. That's um, amazing. Somebody hadn't shown up for their pre-order. That's why I got oh that. Oh my so. God. That's so good. Yeah. You know, that happened with uh, Kelly Moon at a book signing because I knew she was friends with Laura and Donner. So I like raced over to her table. The second we get in the room, and I'm like, do you have any Laura and Donner books? <laughs> like, I was We're like, like a bunch of crackheads. We're just like, do you got any of the, uh, I but, uh, was going to say, I was seriously like, she was a drug dealer and she was like, well, I've got this. And then she pulls out one. I was like, I'll take it. I didn't even read the cover. I don't care what it Sold. is. And then she's like, and I've got these. And I was like, yes. And they're like bottle cap keychains. I was like, yes, I want those too. Like everything. Was, yeah, I was like, I want it all, please. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and play the first installment of Something About a Hot Guy by A.L. Jackson. And we'll catch up with you guys on the other side. Enjoy. Bye. 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 Chapter one. Kenna. My fingers flew across the laptop keys. My bottom lip was tucked between my teeth in astute concentration. My attention laser-focused as I pounded out the best answer I could find to the question that had been left sometime last night. I had to get it right. I never wanted to mislead people or act like I had the perfect solution. I just wanted to be honest. Open and honest. And sometimes that was really hard. But that's what this was all about. Cutting myself wide open and laying it out. Giving people encouragement hoping they'd realize they weren't alone, see that we could all have a little fun with it along the way. My heart raced a little harder than normal as I typed. Adrenaline always got the best of me when I got lost in the little fantasy world I'd created, as if I were caught somewhere between a dream and reality. That was hope, though, wasn't it? It didn't always hinge on fact. It all lived in the realm of possibility. My phone buzzed where it sat on the floor next to me, and I grinned when I saw it was my best friend and roommate, Vanessa. Why aren't you here? Vegas is lonely without you. With a small smile, I shook my head. She was crazy. Me. I promise Vegas does not miss me. Vegas and I are not friends. Vanessa. That's because you haven't given her a chance. She's really sweet once you get to know her. I could almost see her feigned pout from across the country. A full grin tucked to my mouth as I quickly replied. Me. You also said that about the five-inch heels you tried to get me to wear out last weekend. We all know how that turned out. It had ended with a face plant and a bloody nose, and a promise to myself to never leave the house again. So yeah, I was a klutz. As awkward as they came, and even nerdier than that. Luckily, Vanessa still loved me for it. Vanessa, you sell yourself short, and we miss you, a lot. It's no fun without you here. She and our other two best friends had gone on a girl's trip. Vanessa had tried to convince me to go. She should have known me well enough to know I would have tried to sneak away to the hotel room while they were slinking off to clubs anyway that I felt much more comfortable in the shadows rather than traipsing around all night under the neon lights. Me. I'm as happy as pie. Don't worry about me. Vanessa. What flavor of pie? And just how happy is pie? Laughter popped out. She really was crazy. Vanessa. 
Seriously, I love and miss you. I wish you didn't feel the need to hide. You're way too amazing for that. A wave of loneliness crested through my being. Sometimes I wished for that, too. That it was easier for me to step out. I was trying, but some steps were just too big, like spending a weekend out on the strip. Bang, bang, bang. At the sudden pounding at the door, my head snapped up from my phone, and a high-pitched squeak escaped. My attention flew to the open screen of my computer, before it went darting around the living room as if I had gotten caught red-handed in the most salacious of acts. I slammed down the lid in a bid to hide the evidence, set it aside, and pushed to my feet. I tugged down my oversized sweater a little farther and fumbled across the living room, doing my best to still my rattled nerves. For real, it was ridiculous that I reacted this way. That one single thing out of order, out of the expected, and anxiousness was making a play to ruin my day. I was working on that, embracing who I was and improving upon her at the same time. Chances were it was someone making a delivery or trying to sell something anyway. I didn't need to get spun up over a little knocking. With all the confidence I had, I popped up to peek through the people. Oh, and there my confidence went, bursting like a balloon cuddling up with a barbed wire fence. At the fuzzy sight, my heart sputtered, my knees went weak, and a whole sea of sweat gathered on the nape of my neck. Oh my god. Oh no. Pulse racing, I tried to control my breaths that had started to come short and choppy. I was gonna have a panic attack. I sank back down onto my heels, attention darting from side to side, searching for an escape, only to jump about ten feet in the air when another round of battering took to the door. Only this time it was accompanied by a rough, open up, silky and hard. Was that even possible? Okay, I had more important things to do than ponder the sexy tenor of his voice, like figuring out how in the world I was going to get out of this. If you're trying to go covert, you're failing. I can hear you. Open up. Crap. All the craps. Fisting my hands, I attempted to even out my breathing. Play it cool. Yeah, right. And I bit down on my bottom lip. Shaking out of control, I reached out to turn the lock. Warily, I cracked the door open an inch, only wide enough to peer out with one eye. A big hand lifted and nudged the door open farther, sending me stumbling back. Remember those weak knees? They just about fully gave up on me. Blood drained from my head in favor of going for a stampede through my body. Head rushed with a bout of dizziness and stupidity, spiraling me into that fantasy world where I liked to live before I could stop it. It was all mixed up with the anxiety that raced and sped, hitting my limbs at full blast. It was a reaction I always had when I got nervous, tripping all over myself, nothing but a fidgeting clumsy mess. My mouth went completely dry, and I was pretty sure every brain cell I had blanked out. Well, all but the ones that were taking him in as if he were a storm rising over a drought-parched desert, coming at full force. What are you doing here? I stuttered. Kyle Love was standing in my doorway. My best friend's big brother, in the flesh. In all the glorious, gorgeous flesh that made up that six-foot-two body. 
all lean, sinewy muscle and easy arrogance that made his masculine face almost appear cute. Dark eyes swept me, head to toe, way slower than seemed necessary. Chills of distress and attraction crawled across my flesh, as if all those feelings I'd tried to keep contained were climbing out from the recesses. Oh God, I was going to pass out. Well, if it isn't Kenna Meyer, all grown up. He said my name like a tease, smooth and soft and mocking. I hadn't seen him in two years, not since mine and Vanessa's college graduation. He'd come to our hometown for the ceremony and party afterward. That was where I had my last memory of him. This guy who'd been my first crush. There was a reason they called it that, you know? When you got crushed for the first time, you got completely obliterated, smashed, demolished in a way you never could have anticipated. Since then, I'd avoided him at all costs. It had become my superpower. Only I hadn't seen this encounter coming, and I was left without backups. A smirk ticked up at the corner of his mouth. You look surprised. Weren't expecting me? I could feel my own lips parting in response, dropping open as I thought about what it might be like to experience those lips against mine. I bet they tasted as good as they looked. Heat flashed, and something heavy rolled around in my belly. Damn it, get yourself together, Kenna. You aren't ever gonna know how that mouth tastes. Because I was Kenna Meyer, and he was Kyle freaking love because he was so out of my league that it caused me physical pain to look at him. Regret and want twisted through my insides, and I shifted uneasily on my feet, fiddling with my hands, not sure what to do with them. I needed to get him out of here, and fast. Kyle, what are you doing here? This time I managed to make it come out like a demand. That smirk ticked up higher, and he leaned against the door jam as if he owned the place. Oh, that's right, he did. Vanessa and I were only leasing the apartment for him while he was out of the country. And there he was, filling up the doorway with those wide shoulders and massive presence. He arched a cocky brow. What, you act like you aren't happy to see me? Oh, was that ever a loaded question? I fumbled back a step, needing to get free of the force that surrounded him. Magnetic. The man so compelling it felt impossible to look away. Every loaded second drawing me in. My entire being attracted to his essence. A couple seconds more and he'd have to pry me off. I bet he'd love that. Um, well, Vanessa isn't here, I stammered. She's gone for the weekend. You'll have to come back on Monday. A grin cracked his face, and his expression lifted in a challenge. I'm afraid that's going to be a problem. He glanced at the big bag he'd dropped on the ground at his feet, then returned the force of his gaze to me. Again, those brown eyes were taking a path over my body, gliding from my head and traipsing down. It felt like a slow slide of interrogation. What in the world was he doing? Redness clawed over every inch of my skin, and I was just then noting that I wasn't wearing a bra. One of the shoulders of my sweatshirt draped off one side, my shorts so short under it that I bet it looked like I wasn't wearing any at all.
My hair was ratted up in a messy twist high up on top of my head. A clump of toothpaste dried on the zit on my forehead. Kill me now, clumsy, clueless Kenna. It's what he'd call me every time I'd come stumbling into their kitchen, getting all out of sorts when I'd find him sitting at their high bar, shirtless, eating cereal like a rock star. Did rock stars eat cereal? If they didn't, they should. He was the one who'd been clueless. Clueless that he was responsible for it all, evoking that reaction, making me nervous and needy and ruffled and flustered, liable to trip. Wishing when I landed, it'd be right into his big, capable hands. At least, I'd imagined a million times just how capable those hands would be. Dropping my head, I tried to inconspicuously rub the toothpaste from my face. No chance he would notice, right? I was pretty sure the only thing I managed to do was smear it. A rough chuckle rumbled around in his chest. Oh, Kenna, how I've missed you. I was pretty sure I got whiplash when he said it, with the way my head snapped up, eyes going wide with his words. Then it was me who was taking in all his glory. Missed me? It was a confused murmur that escaped my tongue without my permission. Oh, yeah. There he went, teasing me again. And there went my gaze, taking him in. Tight, faded tea stretched across his broad chest, and his jeans fitting him oh so right. Face chiseled, and his jaw wide, stubble coating every inch. Dark hair a mess, and falling over his right eye. Trouble to the nth degree. He was the definition of word porn, and it was spelled H-O-T. One of those careless smirks that had driven me out of my mind for half my life slid onto his ridiculously gorgeous face. Aren't you going to invite me in? I'm not sure that's a good idea. It was a pained whisper. And crap, I didn't even mean to speak it. The words breaking free without my permission. Thing was, I really couldn't imagine him walking through this door, plopping himself on my couch and putting his feet up and making himself at home. Or maybe I had just imagined it too many times, and it felt too surreal and impossible and perfect at the exact same time. And there went my mind, racing into that fantasy world. A haggard breath sucked into my lungs, and another round of redness was flushing my cheeks as embarrassment streaked through my being. It was stupid. He was the only person in the world I'd wanted to be different for. I'd tried, tried to catch his eye. But the one time I'd conjured the courage on our graduation day, he'd smashed it in a one-second blow that I was pretty sure he didn't even know he'd cast. Light laughter tumbled from his full lips, and he set his hand on the door and pushed it open a little farther. Considering you're sleeping in my house, I would think that would be nice of you. Only he clearly wasn't asking. What are you doing back already? Shouldn't you still be overseas? It was a last-ditch effort. He wasn't supposed to be back for two months. The man had been off taking over the world, his startup booming, extending to the office he'd opened in Japan. Maybe I could encourage him to go back and finish his business. That, or convince him to come back on Monday when Vanessa returned. I'd heard the Spartan down the street had really great rooms. No doubt he'd have no trouble finding someone to share the big comfy bed. Hell. 
I'd even be willing to foot the bill. By then, I'd have plenty of time to pack my things so I could run for safety. Because I couldn't possibly stay in the same house as the boy I'd loved since third grade. The fact he would never look at me that way just hurt too bad. Deal was done. I had no reason to stay and I was missing home. Found myself on the next flight. And here I am. He grinned a wicked grin before glancing around the apartment. Sunlight poured in through the big windows, reflecting on the soft pink and white accents Vanessa and I had decorated the living room and kitchen in, everything cozy and bright. He visibly cringed. Looks like you and my sister did a number on the place. A frown pulled to my face. I, well, we didn't think you'd mind. We did sign a lease for two years. He couldn't have possibly thought we would leave all his stuff out. The last thing I'd wanted was a constant reminder of him, a tease of what I couldn't have and wanted more than I ever should. Reaching down, he plucked his bag from the ground. Don't mind, all the pink might have caught me off guard, but a real man can deal. And you're right, you do have the lease for two years. Don't worry, Kenna. I always keep my promises. Why was he looking at me that way? Intense and deep, energy flashing through the air, making it hard to breathe. Like maybe he wanted to reach out and touch me, feel me the way I'd always wanted to feel him. God, I loved to torture myself with the impossible, didn't I? Letting my imagination get the best of me, teasing me with what could never be. I'd already learned that the hard way. He shouldered by, stealing my breath, the brush of our skin sending a cascade of shivers tumbling down my spine as he pushed his way into the apartment. A waterfall pooling in the middle of me, pounding and overflowing. You won't even notice I'm here. Um, he really was the clueless one, wasn't he? From over his shoulder, he sent me a smile that nearly dropped me to my knees, all one-sided dimple and plush lips and mischievous eyes. I'll sleep on the couch, and I won't make either of you pay rent for the rest of your lease. How's that sound? How's that sound? It sounded like my worst nightmare. I'll do you a favor, and I won't even walk around in my underwear. I mean, unless you want me to. He winked, hitting me with all that reckless easiness that punched me in the gut, a fist right through my belly and gripping my stomach in a want and desire so intense that it physically hurt. I swayed under the force of it, and my hand darted out to the back of the couch to keep myself from face planting on the hardwood floor. You, you can't possibly stay here. Panic started to set in when I realized he was serious, that this man was really going to be invading my space. My heart quickening to a boom, a deep, dark thunder rolling through my being. I mean, we have a whole schedule and our lives, and you're, you're... I waved my hands in the air as if maybe that would be enough resistance to scare him away, enough reason for him to leave. I had to find some way to stop this from happening. He was a danger to my sanity, to my heart, to my safe little world. All it took was him stepping through the door and my entire world had become a bomb threat. I could already feel the ground trembling, sex and power and influence coming off of him in waves, so distinct I was sure you could bottle it and sell it for a billion bucks. He'd always had that effect on me, 
my senses perking whenever he came within a mile vicinity, every part of me getting needy like a lap dog that wanted to be petted. I'd hoped once I'd moved out of our small town and into the city that it would have faded, that I would have outgrown this childish fascination. How unfair was it that it had only increased tenfold since he'd been away, grown and expanded and become this palpable entity that I could feel glowing in my center, begging for something that I could never have. I had to get him out of there, and I had to do it fast. He angled his head. And I'm, he prodded when I trailed off into a stupor of silence. You're you. My arms flailed outward, as if I were waving the evidence of him in his face. You're messy and arrogant and, and a boy. A boy, huh? Amusement rode out on his rough words. The man so pretty and cocky and infuriating. Yes. Yes, a boy, and boys are totally not welcome. Oh my God, I was 12. He crossed his arms over his chest, a smile twitching all over his magnificent face. Are you finished? Not even close. I mean, when we signed that lease, there was no mention that you might be back. I know it's your apartment and all, but what, what if we have company? I said the last as if it were sordid and I wondered if he had the first clue that was the farthest from the truth when it came to me. Not that he'd care, but I was pretty sure Vanessa might care if he was invading her privacy. That's right, I was doing this for her, for my friend who had always been there for me. At least, that was what I was telling myself. He plopped on the couch and grabbed the remote. My mouth dropped open. Kyle, are you even listening to me? I pled, feeling invisible, trying to be brave and stand up for myself. I'm not sure how I couldn't be, considering you won't stop talking. It's been a long flight. I could use a little quiet. The audacity. He really was rude. How had I forgotten? Huffing, I stamped my foot and started for him so I could grab the remote before he completely tuned me out. I should have known better than to even move in his vicinity. Should have known my clumsiness would get the best of me. Because my little toe caught on the leg of the end table at the side of the couch. And oh my goodness, the pain. Splintering pain that shot up my toe and foot. A shout of agony burst free of my mouth. Oh shoot, oh my goodness, oh my foot. I was gasping for breath as I hauled my foot up, holding it in my hands to try to ease the sharp, breathtaking pain as I hopped around erratically on one foot, flying from one side and then to the other. Kyle shot to standing, and before I could make sense of it, those big hands were on the outside of my arms, holding me up. Warmth spread across my flesh. Molten chocolate. At least, that's what I'd always envisioned his touch would feel like. Only it was so much better than that, fire that flamed up my skin and seeped in deep. This intense energy transferred in the connection. I wanted to melt into it, get lost in the sensation. Too bad I was the only one who felt the spark. I whimpered with the pain that had started to throb, unable to stop tears from pricking at my eyes. Leave it to me to make a complete fool of myself.
Without an ounce of effort, he lifted me by the arms and shifted me around, and he carefully sat me down on the couch. I think I'm dying, I cried. Sure, there wasn't a worse pain in all the world than stubbing your little toe. Forget childbirth. Or maybe I was just dying of embarrassment. Are you all right? There was no missing the bit of laughter he was holding back as he knelt down in front of me. Groaning, I threw my arm over my eyes. No, I think I broke it, and don't laugh at me. You didn't break it, he tisked a little, and it was low and soft and made all kinds of funny things happen in my belly that I definitely shouldn't be feeling right then, especially with the way he was right there in my space, the man prying my foot from my hold and cradling it in his hands. Heat flamed, glowing from within, filling me with need, my thighs shaking with something else entirely than the anxiety that loved to hold me prisoner. Studying my foot, he winced. Shit, you did a number on this. It's already swollen. My eyes flew open. Are you serious? Oh no, it's broken, isn't it? Why does this always happen to me? Let me get some ice, sit tight like I'm going anywhere. He climbed to standing, though he didn't move away. He just leaned over me, his presence thick and massive and overwhelming, so much so that my chest heaved with a needy pant. His mouth came up close to my ear, and neither am I. Shivers raced, stealing the blood from my head, replacing it with a swell of lightheadedness that whooshed through my senses leaving me weak. I tried to gather myself when he moved for the kitchen, all that cool easiness radiating from every step he took. Desperately, I tried not to stare over the back of the couch as he sauntered to the refrigerator, but there was nothing I could do but watch as he moved. Confidence oozing from that body, so easy. Easy in a way I'd never known. He filled a zippy bag with ice while I sat there shaking with apprehension, hating that I was this way. For just one day, I wanted to be normal, confident and strong and brave, sexy, wield the kind of power this man wielded over me. Just as fast as he'd gone, he was back with a dish towel wrapped around the bag. He returned to kneeling in front of me, careful as he placed the bag on my aching toe. I flinched at the cold, then gave in as he spread a big hand around my ankle and gently pressed the cold pack to my toe. There we go. Unable to bear his proximity, I reached for it. Kyle nudged my hand away. I've got it. I can take care of myself, I whispered, realizing I was begging. That I needed him to understand I couldn't be this close to him and not feel as if I were coming apart missing something that I'd wanted for far too long. Loving someone from afar was the cruelest sort of penalty, watching them go on without you as if they'd never noticed you were there in the first place. Rough laughter scraped up his throat. Clueless Kenna. A hurt breath left me, and the tears I'd been trying not to cry welled in my eyes. I couldn't believe he would still call me that. After all this time, what was more disturbing was that it still affected me this way. 
He resituated my leg, propping it up on the couch and tucking a pillow under my ankle. My lungs squeezed in pain, and I was barely able to inhale, wondering how he could put me down and then take care of me so tenderly in the same breath. That gaze swept up, dark eyes penetrating, and those shallow breaths raking from my lungs completely stalled out. His mouth twisted up in a way that took my insides with it, everything getting tangled and tight, and he reached up and brushed back a piece of hair that had fallen in my face, his expression different than I'd ever seen it before. His tongue swept across his plump bottom lip, the words a low, seductive rasp. Clueless, clueless Kenna. Chapter Two Kyle Clueless Kenna Clueless, awkward, sexy as fuck Kenna. She was killing me. Breaths coming from her lush mouth in these rough, choppy pants, the girl pinned under me on the couch, those brown eyes wide and unsure. No doubt I was making things up, but I could have sworn I saw them flaming with desire, too. Please, don't call me that, she whispered, her chest shaking. Did she actually think I was putting her down? A smile pulled to my mouth, and fuck yeah, I'd teased her growing up. That's what boys did when they crushed on a girl so hard they went stupid. And what would you like me to call you? Baby sounded about right. My name works just fine. I do at least understand that. Apparently, she didn't have the first clue how damn appealing that she was. Had anyone ever told her? I'd nearly come undone when she'd opened the door, standing there in what I was pretty sure was a man's sweatshirt that swallowed her whole. Instantly, I was hard, mind running with the idea that she didn't have a stitch on underneath. Completely bare, tits puckered and needy, as needy as the sweet spot between her thighs. Didn't even care that she had toothpaste dried on her forehead. But half the time, it felt like she despised me, like she wanted to split the second we got in the same room, which had always gotten to me since she was the kindest person I'd ever met. I'd spent years watching her give and give and give. Girl would ignore the insults and abuse and snubs that assholes would cast her way, turning right around and pouring out her goodness into the world when it didn't deserve to receive the genuine inner beauty of this girl. Was I that bad of a guy that I didn't deserve any of that? The fact my sister would cut my balls off if I even thought about touching her best friend only came in as a close second. Only I thought about it. A lot. How about Cupcake Kenna? That sounded nice, right? Not too forward, because I was thinking she might not take too kindly to something along the lines of, I want to get lost in your sweet cunt, Kenna. Too far? Yeah. She rolled her eyes like she thought I was mocking her. If she only knew. And now I was really, really hungry for a cupcake. Fuck my life. My tongue darted out to wet my lips, and I hovered, wavered, relished in the feel of their heart beating wild in the bare space between us. Shit, I wanted to kiss her, climb onto this couch and crawl all over her, take her hard, and then take her slow. Like she saw the intention written on me, panic surged through her expression, and she started to fidget and get all flustered in that adorable way that set her apart from everyone. 
She pressed her hand against my chest, then she jerked her hand away, like she'd thought better of that, too. I'm fine now, Kyle. Honest, I've got it. You don't have to worry about me. There she went, pushing me away. Though when she did it, I swore I heard an undercurrent of sadness lacing the words. I wanted to grab her hand and lock it to my chest so she could feel the crazy thing going down inside, so she could feel the way she affected me. Desperate to know if there was any chance, she might feel the least bit the same. I told myself not to think about her on my way back to the States. Told myself it was never going to happen, to fucking forget it. But that didn't come close to stopping the fantasies from assaulting me. The feelings that annihilated me the second I saw her standing at the door. What if I've always worried about you? A frown pulled across her brow. You've always been full of yourself, Kyle, love, but I never took you for a liar. It was my turn to frown. You really think I don't care about you? You've been Vanessa's best friend since you were a little girl. You're basically family. She shifted her gaze away when I claimed it, like maybe she didn't know how to accept that truth. My sister was crazy protective over her. I got why. Those nasty bitches in high school couldn't exactly be considered nice. I'd gone to bad for her more than a couple of times, though I doubted it made any difference. Mean girls were always mean girls. Fucking sucked, but that was the life of high school, wasn't it? But we weren't in high school anymore. Hadn't been for a long time. And Kenna? Even amid all that bullshit? She'd still been generous to everyone. Kind and considerate and thoughtful, going out of her way to make someone smile. Yeah. She was drop-dead gorgeous, the kind of girl that would make me trip all over myself. But it was her humility that had always made her shine. It was the way she'd stop to take care of a stranger without thought, the way she'd go out of her way to do the right thing without asking for anything in return. She was the real deal. A scowl pulled to her adorable face, turned up nose and full cheeks, a pink bow for lips. She laughed a disbelieving sound. You don't have to pity me, Kyle. I get it, and I'm fine. Just go do your thing, and I'll do mine. I'll be sure to get out of your way as soon as I can. This time, I did grab her hand, holding it tight. Heat licked and flamed. I was a second from losing it, confessing every fucking thing that I kept bottled up tight. I'm not here to kick you out of your own damn apartment. You're staying. She pried her hand free, a look I couldn't make out crossing her face. One of us is leaving. I guessed she really did hate me. Had no idea what I'd done, but I'd seen the way she looked at me for all those years. Like just being in my presence made her want to puke. Let me tell you, it made a teenaged boy feel super awesome, did wonders for his self-confidence. While other girls were throwing themselves at me, the one I wanted wouldn't even look me in the eye. On some level, I got that she was shy, but the man in me hadn't gotten it at all. Frustration bled into my bones, and I edged up closer, getting right in her face. Sorry, Cupcake, but that's not gonna happen. This is your home, and you're not going anywhere. And I'm not going anywhere either. Get used to it. A smirk ticked up on the corner of my mouth, and I tried to lighten the mood that was feeling far too heavy. Besides, what would I do with all this pink shit? Hesitation brimmed around her before a small smile was pulling at the corner of her mouth. I guess I would have to take it with me, although I'm pretty sure your sister would fight me over it. You know how much she hates people messing with her things. 
For the first time, there was a softness to her words, and it made me feel like a king that maybe my attempt had worked. I bet she would. Every time I even touched her toys as a kid, she lost her mind. Affection filled my voice. You'd have thought I'd started a world war when I hit her Barbie dolls. A hint of amusement touched her cheeks, her shyness so damn sweet. I'm pretty sure that might have had something to do with the fact that when we found them, they were all wearing the wrong heads. Poor Ken had boobs. Never said I wasn't creative. Creative? I'd call that psychotic, dismembering poor, innocent dolls. Isn't that a sign of a horrible disorder? God, she was cute when she was playful, when she let go a little bit. I could feel the wistful grin tugging at my mouth as I stared down at her, getting lost in those brown eyes, in the way they flitted over my face, jumping from my eyes to my mouth and away, like she didn't know where to look. Shit, I wanted to lean in closer, drink her in, dip in, dive in. I edged closer, closer, and closer. Fuck. If I erased any more space between us, I'd be crawling on top of her, pushing her over a line she clearly didn't want me crossing. I stood before I did something stupid. So, what do you want to do today? Smooth, Kyle. Smooth. You'd think I was back to being 15 rather than a 27-year-old man. But when it came to Kenna, the rules went out the window. The girl different than any other woman I'd dealt with before. Her attention darted to the computer sitting on the coffee table, almost like she was terrified of it. She peeked up at me. I have work to do. Right. Vanessa had told me that Kenna taught online school because she had trouble standing in front of a group of people. Fucking sucked. I mean, I respected her choice, got it on some level, but it had to be brutal, completely exhausting, letting your fears rule your life. I glanced around, wanting to say things I probably shouldn't say. To tell her she was amazing and wonderful. Tell her about all the things I'd observed over the years that made her the best person I'd ever met and that it was time she shed that shell, embraced who she was. But did I really have the right to give that kind of advice when I'd never had to walk in her shoes? I needed to get away from this girl before I kept pushing it. Hell, I'd been back for all of five minutes and I'd already pushed her harder than I ever had. Climbed right over the boundaries I'd set up when it came to Kenna Meyer. Maybe I'm just tired of ignoring the way I felt about her. No matter how many girlfriends I'd had, how many one-nights and flings, this feeling didn't seem to know how to go away. All right, then. I'm going to grab a shower and let you get to work. Redness streaked up her cheeks, and I got the sense that she was actually imagining me naked. Fuck. Not helping things. I'll try to stay out of your way. She looked at me like she thought I was telling her a lie two of us completely aware of the other, every step and every breath. And I was wondering again if maybe she felt me too. I grabbed my bag from the floor and headed for the shower, turned on the heat as high as it would go, and climbed into the steam surrounded by the scent of citrus and more of the pink she'd decorated the place in. And I jerked it harder than I ever had. So the jerking off hadn't helped my situation at all, I'd tried to keep myself occupied the entire day, let her work in peace as she'd graded freshman language arts essays. She'd sat on the couch with the sunlight pouring over her, her laptop balanced on her crisscrossed legs, the girl looking like she was posing for some kind of perfect Instagram shot. Hashtag hot nerd. 
I'd pretended to be busy on my own laptop at the small kitchen table, answering emails and scheduling appointments for next week, but my attention kept drifting to her, getting locked on the soft profile of her face, at the way the lush, dark locks tumbled down her neck, at the way she moved her lips as she read the essays, so into it I could almost feel her vibrating. Once the sun had dimmed and begun to set, I'd ordered a pizza for us to share after she'd explained she still had a couple hours left of work. Now I brushed my teeth and pulled on some sleep pants, figuring I'd make good on my promise about not walking around in my underwear, all the while wondering what she might do if I threw all rationale out the window and went for it. Blowing out a strained sigh toward the mirror, I tried to shake off the disorder I was feeling. I'd barely been here a day, and this was already proving impossible. I headed out into the hall. Her bedroom door was resting open on the jam, a light burning around the rim. She was probably in there, changing, getting ready to climb under the covers. I could only picture her doing it. Bare legs and full breasts and messy hair. Shit. I wasn't really up to date with proper roommate etiquette, but I was pretty sure picturing them naked was a no-go. Slipping by her door, I turned the corner into the main room, heading for the kitchen to grab one of the beers I'd seen in there earlier. Most of the lights had been cut, the space only illuminated by the dim lights mounted under the cabinets. My heart jumped into my throat when I noticed the silhouette of a body standing at the sink facing away. A lush, curved, gorgeous body. I kept my footsteps quiet as I started around the high bar that sectioned off the kitchen from the living room. She was gulping down a glass of water, totally oblivious to the fact that I was there. Until she wasn't. Until her spine stiffened and awareness flooded from her in surging waves, a vibration coming off her that made me question if I really was the only one who felt this crazy attraction. If I was the only one who was crazy with lust, crazy with need. She was still wearing the sweatshirt that fell off one shoulder, the delicate skin of her neck bare. I had the overwhelming urge to press my nose to the slope of it, inhale and lick and suck. Instead, I kept myself in check and stopped an inch away. Okay, in check was stretching it because I leaned. So close I could almost taste her flesh, the aura of this girl making me feel like I was standing in the sun. I inhaled, filling my lungs with her scent. Clean, crisp lime wrapped in vanilla like she'd rolled around in a bed of those little white blossoms. Shit, I wanted to do a little rolling around too. Kenna. Her name was a rough plea from my mouth. Do you feel this? Shivers tremored through her body, rising across her flesh, and she slowly turned around. Immediately, she backed into the counter, not shocked to find me there, but somehow terrified at the same time. She swiped the back of her hand over the droplets of water that clung to her lips, an impossibly sexy move that she had no idea she'd perfected. Hey, Kyle, I, I was just going to bed, she said, flustered and sweet and shy. I wanted to dip my fingers into the well of it, stir it up, watch her bloom. She started to slide out around me. I stepped in her way. Her eyes widened with surprise a timid animal that was trapped. I cleared my throat, not sure what to say, but knowing I needed to give her something. I'd waltzed in like an arrogant dick, making demands, but I knew her well enough to know she would have sent me packing if I'd given her another option. 
I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you being cool with me being here. Incredulity filled her eyes. You didn't leave me much of a choice, did you? I angled my head her direction. You really want me to leave? If you really, really want me to go, say it and I will. Don't get me wrong, I want to stay. Fuck, I wanted to stay. But if you really don't want to be around me that bad, I'll leave right now. Distress swirled around her being, the girl squirming, casting her gaze away before she finally looked back up at me. No, I really don't. It's just sometimes hard for me to accept strangers being in my space. I inched closer, eradicating all but a breadth between us, the air growing dense and thick. A frenzy of energy swirled around her, nerves and anxiousness, and I swore, need. I could taste it, feel it, wanted to drown in it. I dipped in closer. Kenna, you think I'm a stranger? I said it like a question, hoping to God she'd take the step, make the move, or at least give me some kind of indication she might want me the way I wanted her. Tell me that she recognized me. Panic parted her mouth, and she swallowed hard. Then she fumbled to duck out from under me, spinning around with her hands pushed out like a shield between us. I... Um, so I need to go to bed. Good night. She spun back around so fast that she tripped over her feet, stumbling forward, catching herself just before she fell. Her hand went up to tug at a piece of hair that had gotten loose from the pile on top of her head, embarrassment radiating from her as she beelined for her room. The door clicked shut with a finality that had me pressing my hands to my face, wanting to punch myself in my own dick. That did not go well. God damn it. Frustrated, I went for the fridge. Jerking open the door, I grabbed a bottle and popped off the cap. I tossed it into the trash and started to head out, only to pause when I noticed she'd left her laptop sitting on the counter, open an inch, like she'd still been working on it and carried it in while she got a drink of water. I glanced over my shoulder, wondering if I should take it to her. Hell, knowing I should. I angled back so I could see down the short hall, and the light had gone off in her room. Guess that was all the go I needed to start nudging the screen up just a fraction, wanting to feel closer to her, understand her better, maybe read one of the essays that had entranced her all day so I could see exactly what it was that made her tick, what put those twitchy, adorable smiles on her face and made her teeth clamp down on her bottom lip. Okay, fine, I was being a nosy fucker. My brow pinched when I caught a glimpse of what was on the screen. Not an essay. Pulse thudding, I glanced over my shoulder again, wondering what the fuck I was doing when I lifted the lid the rest of the way. The words glowing on the screen came into full view. I scanned over them. It was a blog, and a recent post was up, an answer to a question that had been posted left halfway completed, the cursor still blinking like a beacon in the night, Something about dealing with social fear and how it can be debilitating. What the fuck? Unease curled through my being, and I knew I should slam it closed, but there was nothing I could do but note the blog website address as I lowered the screen to where it had been left. I should let it go. I knew I should. But there was an itching inside of me that couldn't be contained, and I opened my phone and pulled up the website as I moved back to the couch. 
I sank down onto the blanket I'd dragged out from the hall closet and ticked into another blog post. I read it. Then I read another. And another. Until hours had passed and my mind spun and my spirit thrashed. I got lost as I read about a girl who was beautiful in every way, inside and out, just like I'd always known she'd been. What had really attracted me to her in the first place? That shy beauty ushering me up to a cliff and her kindness pushing me over the edge. A girl who confessed to being fearful and anxious and prone to panic attacks in large groups, giving and loving and hopeful in spite of it all. A girl who had grown into a woman who had managed to get her teaching degree despite her worry and doubt. Hand shaking, I clicked into another post, titled, Something About a Hot Guy. I wanted to cringe, knowing I was really invading her privacy as she opened up about her trouble meeting men. How she confessed to being a virgin because she didn't have the first clue how to get close to a man, let alone let one touch her. Then I tripped over the next words heart pressing against my ribs so hard I was pretty sure I heard a crack. Words that said she was in love with her best friend's big brother and being unable to admit it was killing her inside. Fuck me. Hey, we're back. Hey. I mean, <laughs> that was... I know, it sounded so rehearsed, but we, I swear to God, it was just like we went around the table. We're like, okay, I go and then you go and, and then, then you, you go. go. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay. Um, So I forgot to read A.L. Jackson's bio. Um, I'm going to do that really quick. A.L. Jackson is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of contemporary romance. She writes emotional, sexy, heart-filled stories about boys who usually like to be a little bad. Her bestselling series include The Regret Series, Bleeding Stars, Fight for Me, and Confessions of the Heart. If she's not writing, you can find her hanging out by the pool with her family, sipping cocktails with her friends, or of course, with her nose buried in a book. And if you text A.L. Jackson, like all one word, A.L. Jackson to 33222, you can get short, sweet updates on all her stuff. So, Oh, I love that. I love getting the text alerts. Me too. If Even you're not though I just get them for, from Mel. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, Read Me Romance has them. But, you know, if you ever want to sign up for text alerts, I, don't, I, can't, I can't remember the number. But I signed up for them, and I love getting them. <laughs> Me too. They're always cute. Okay, so A.L. AL Jackson is giving away uh, signed paperbacks of Pieces of Us. Pieces of Us is her new release. Should I read the blurb for it? Yeah. Okay. Pieces of Us is A.L. Jackson's new release. Here's the blurb. Max and Chambers has a way of stealing all the attention, all my affection, and all my dreams. What I needed to remember was he'd stolen my good judgment and my virginity, too. When he broke up with me, I ran across the country and swore I'd never return to Broadshire Rim. But here I am, 13 years later. Maxon is all grown up, sexier than sin, and more tempting than ever. A detective on the Charleston force, he lives on the outside of safety, devoted to protecting the people of his city. But with the way he's looking at me now, I'm pretty sure what needs protecting is my heart. Can we mend the pieces of us, or will he leave my heart shattered forever? Oh, I'm guessing he's going to mend it. I was going to say, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. A.L. Jackson, you sophisticated, just... <laughs> Sophisticated just, mama. Sophisticated right? luxury item. You better not let me down. <laughs> um, okay, so go to readmeromance.com and, and go to the current audiobook to enter for the enter to win the giveaway and check the check the episode description for all the links of the books we talked about today. Yeah. And new releases 
Oh, yeah. Mel, is there new releases? Uh, I think I sent an email. Yes. Okay. Well, there's going to be Jesus two new releases Christ. out tomorrow since it's Monday. Sky Warren has a new book out, and so will Carly Phillips. So you can pick those up. I'm sure we'll post about them in the Read Me Romance group. And then uh, yeah. our summer camp sneak out book should be out. It would have came out a few days ago. So you can pick that up too. Yep. So if you've seen the books, they're live already. It's the Camp Hardwood series. The first book is Married in the Mountains. The second book is Rescued by the Ranger. The third book is the one that's out um, this week, I think. That you it said. should be. It would have just came out. Summer Camp yeah. Sneak Out. Okay. Summer that's Camp with Sneak the Out sun. that just came out on Friday. Yeah, with the sun. So that's Van's story. I'm excited um, about then, that one because he's kind of dummy. I love that He doesn't one. realize he's, so he's dummy, but he is. <laughs> And then um, we've got one that's coming this Friday, too. We'll tell you about it on Friday's episode. So if you've seen it, though, like, just be sure and check our website or we're going to post it everywhere. If you don't see it, what are you even doing on this podcast? You've seen it. <laughs> so, that's it. Leah, tell them what to do. Oh, fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.